Welcome into episode 59 of the Gump Runners podcast. Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell. Got Jeremy Law back here with us tonight. J-Law, the, uh, a new father. J-Law, just real quick, how's that been going for you? Is it, is it, I know it's not, it's not an easy transition, you know? I mean, all of a sudden you got somebody new in the house. It's not a dog. You know, they're little, a lot of people say that, you know, dogs are good birth, birth control. Eh, it's really not. <laughs> Baby's a lot harder. Tell us how, how, uh, how your new fatherhood has been going. Major transition. Uh, you guys know me pretty well. I like to sleep about nine hours a night. That's not that's not going well. But man, we're making it. We're having fun. You learn as you go, and uh, I'm just glad to get back on. I had to take a couple weeks off. Uh, we had a few issues with the doctor and stuff, so we had a lot of pediatrician appointments. But other than that, man, we're good. We're settled in, and it's ready to talk some sports tonight. Yeah, definitely. Those first couple of months seems like you're going to the doctor every day. But, uh, man, I tell you what, uh, I, I was told this whenever Paige is pregnant with our first, uh, your life really takes off once you had that kid. And, uh, and if that ain't the damn truth, I mean, my oldest is three, she'll be four in June. And it seems like just yesterday we were coming home from the hospital with her. And, uh, my second was born in March. So she's almost a year old. I mean, golly, once again, it just feels like yesterday. So your life's really going to take off. So just make sure that, you slow down and enjoy every moment, good, bad, whatever. But uh, guys, we're going to talk some some Bama hoops. Football season is behind us. We might talk a little bit of football here and there throughout the next couple of months, um, especially if the basketball team continues to play with the inconsistency that it's played with. And, uh, you know, I say inconsistency, but they've been pretty consistently bad um, up until this past Saturday, beating Baylor at home by nine points, 87 to 78. And, and you know, Lester, we had the joy, the privilege to, of going to that game. And our basketball team was in a state to where, see, me and Lester, me and Lester attended a wedding. Um, congrats to John Anthony Morrison, by the way. He got married Saturday. And uh, we were in Demopolis, and we were debating Lester on whether or not we were even going to go. Lester was like, you just want to go to my house and watch it? And I was like, yeah, kind of. And, and But, you know, we we both decided that, if something happened and we were to play well, which we have done in the past, you know, this year, it seems like we've been playing to our competition. Um, if something would have happened and we'd have won the game, we weren't there and we had tickets to go, we'd have been upset. So we did decide to go. Um, we, we made the right decision, of course. But, um, you know, guys, you look back at this win, and I think it's even more frustrating because you, you've lost the, you know, You've beaten three of the final four teams from from a year ago, including the reigning national champions. But you've lost to the two worst teams in the SEC. Probably should have lost to Missouri twice. Um, you had to, you had to have a late a late rally to uh, to beat them at home. Talking about Missouri, and uh, you know you could have three losses to the two worst teams in the SEC. So there's just no consistency with this Alabama basketball team. J-Law, we'll start with you. You know, you haven't been on in a while. So, um, just when you watch this team, where where does the problem lie? And, of course, we can we – can, we have plenty of options here. You know, you can say rebounding. You can say defense. You can say shooting the ball. Um, you know, turnovers. There's a lot of issues with this Alabama team. Um, you know, aside from four or five tremendous games that they played, uh, because they do have the number one hardest schedule in the country, but 
that can't be an excuse when you're preseason a top 10 basketball team. Um, so where do, where's the biggest problem with you? I'm going to ask both of y'all this question because you know where mine is. You know what I'm going to say. And if that's yours, you can say it. Um, but you know where my problem lies. Jayla, what is the biggest problem that you've seen so far that this team has to fix in order to, uh, to finish the season strong? Yeah, man, I, early in the year I was thinking rebounding, giving up too many boards. But, dude, I think it's Javon Quinterly. Like, if you if he gets his stuff together, Alabama's got a good basketball team. And if he plays poorly, Alabama's going to lose to teams like Georgia and Missouri. And he goes out and he doesn't shoot – he doesn't put up 23s against Baylor. He puts up six, makes three of them, plays well off the dribble makes enough threes where they feel like they have to come out and guard him, and then he can explode to the bucket and then make plays with other guys in the paint. And I thought that was the biggest difference for Alabama is JQ just building a little bit of confidence. And I texted you guys after the game. I was like, man, if Alabama doesn't blow games to Iona, Missouri, Georgia, and, you know, just teams that they're better than, they have more talent than, dude, they're sitting here at 17-3, and 17-4, and, and maybe – Maybe the top five is a four-loss team because of how good their wins are. I mean, they have beaten three of the final four teams from last year. They have five top 12 uh, wins. I mean, like, that's how good Alabama's wins are. They have the best wins in all of college basketball. So, if you look at that, man, Alabama could easily be sitting in the top five right now. And I think that's dangerous. I was on a show earlier today. I think that's dangerous for teams to be thinking, man, Alabama's sitting at 17 or 14 and seven, but geez, I don't, I would not want to play them in the NCAA tournament because if they come out and they shoot their season average and play marginally better defense and they played in their losses, I mean, we're getting beat 85, 65 and they've, they've blown us out. So if JQ can play a little bit better and not, he doesn't have to play as well as he did against Baylor. Now against the Baylor, he has to play that well, but if he just doesn't suck complete ass versus Georgia and Missouri, Alabama's sitting very pretty right now. Lester, following up on that, where, where do you think this team has struggled the most and uh, what area of their game would you like to see improve more than any other um, down the stretch here in SEC play? Um, first, just a little bit more general toughness, uh, whether that's in the paint, rebounding, you know, effort, diving for balls. I, I just think that the problem here is the day in and day out effort of this team. Alabama basketball was down for so long. People were so hungry for success. And when that success came last year in the SEC championship, you know, you win the regular season championship, you win the the SEC tournament, and, you know, you advance far in the in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, you, of course you get beat by UCLA, but it was exciting. And that team was really, really celebrated, a lot of praise, a lot of, you know, just, just you know, you're so good, you're so great. And I think a lot of that maybe transitioned into the people on the team this year. Maybe they felt like they didn't have to work as hard. Maybe they felt like, you know, this is going to be like this every year. You know, it's it's the football. It's the football thing. You know, you, you win that championship, but you got to come in and you got to bust your tail just as hard the next year or even harder to achieve the same goal. And like football, like this year, you're going to get the team's best teams. You're not sneaking up on anybody anymore this year. And yeah, I think like, this team and NATO's has to realize, like, they know you, like, they know you're coming. Mm-hmm, and clearly yeah. this great, right? they're, 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 you know, beat three of the four final four teams. They're damn good. But they got to bring it every single day. 
yeah, the talent's definitely there. But, uh, you know, like Nick Saban always says, it's it's harder to stay on the mountaintop, the top of the mountain, right? you know, relative to, to getting up there, you know, because you can sneak up on people, you know, now – I mean, in football, everybody's going to be coming after Alabama as long as Nick Saban's there. But, you know, Georgia's also starting to get, you know, that national spotlight of, of recognition. And, uh, you know, they're known for their recruiting classes. Now they've sealed it with a national championship. So, you know, they're at the top of the mountain right now. And so everybody's going to be trying to knock them off, even though Bama's probably going to be number one preseason next year. Uh, and, and so, yeah. So, Lester, do you think that's just a, re- a case of – not having the leaders that Alabama had last year, because I think that's one thing that's very undervalued. We've touched on it before, but, you know, you've got Keon, you've got Q, this is second year here, you know, Shaq's third year in the program, but they don't have that dog. And and this, you've really pointed this out more than anybody that I know, you know, the toughness, the dog, the grits that Herb and Petty played with last year. And, you know, we were talking the other day, about how many just open threes and, 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 you know, just missing so many three-point shots. And that's my reason that the team is not, you know, where they need to be right now. And I'll talk about it in just a minute. But we're talking about how petty, man, like he couldn't drive for shit. And, and I think Lester referred to him as Bambi. Like, you know, just those this long, lanky body doesn't really look athletic driving with the basketball. But the dude would pull up from 23, 24 feet in your face. And you can be all over him, it doesn't matter. And he was going to knock down three-point shots. He was going to hit three-point shots while moving, um, you know, to his left, to his right. He, he was just a cold-blooded three-point shooter. And uh, his defense got a lot better uh, last year, you know, as the season went on. But then, you know, you got a guy like Herb. And, and as bad as Herb was down the stretch shooting the basketball, um, you still couldn't – you can't replace what he gave you on the defensive side of the ball, you know, because he was a guy that was, I don't care if it's point guard. I don't care if it's Trenton Watford, a guy that's four inches taller than me. I'm going to guard you down the stretch and I'm going to shut you down. And there's not a damn thing you're going to do about it. And that's how it was. And Alabama doesn't have, and, and, and I know those guys don't come around very often, but that is that what Alabama's lacking Lester. I mean, is there just not enough dogs on this team? I mean, I think there's talent. Sure. I mean, I think Keon, when he gets hot, can be one of the best players in the SEC. I think Shaq's one of the best shooters in the country. Now, he doesn't do a lot of other things well, but I think he's one of the best shooters in the country. But there's just a lack of dog and a lack of leadership on this team. And, you know, touch on also, you know, is that why – because you just mentioned having to come in every single day with that dog that dog mentality, like everybody's trying to take what you've got. Um and so is that is there a reason why they're not showing that consistently in games? Right. I, I think I think the team just doesn't have like that like who's the go-to guy? Who's the guy you can count on to make a play? You know, I feel like last year that that team, like you know, some of the guys you just mentioned, there were two or three guys who can do that. But who who can do that this year? You would think it'll be Shaq, you would think it'll be Q. You know, those are the you know, your two you know, experienced guys who, you know, have played a lot, have a lot of minutes. But I don't know if they are the the closers that we expected them to be. I don't know that they fully fill that role that the seniors last year who left, you know, I, I don't think they have filled that void. So I think that's a little bit of it. I think as time goes on, 
maybe someone like Gurley, um, hopefully Shaq, hopefully Q, you know, guys who've been there for a while, who've been there, who've experienced things, can lead this team. But I certainly think, I mean, yeah, think about it. Alabama lost a lot last year. You know, those four or five seniors that we had, those those were key players, you know, and um that's 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 just how this is this is what happens. I think this team had a lot of hype coming into the season, mm-hmm. and maybe it was too much hype. But clearly they're talented. So we just gotta see how they progress um later on into the season. Well, do you agree with one of the uh one of the big differences between last year's team and this year's team is the fact that uh, that last year's team didn't need offensive confidence to get going. Th- does that make sense to you? And what I mean by that is it seems like when this team this year is seeing the ball go through the net, whether whether it's some you know two-point or three-point range, it doesn't matter. Whenever they're seeing the ball go through the net, then that gives them more confidence and, and makes them play harder on defense. And last year – it was always hard-nosed defense, uh, you know, for 40 minutes, whether the ball was dropping for him or not. So do you think that's one of the key differences? And is that maturity or is that just the type of players that we had last year? But, I mean, you know, Petty was never really a defensive player until last year. He really bought in. And, you know, Herb was defense from day one. So I understand that. He's always going to bring that to the table. But do you think the guys around him, do, do you think that was a mindset that maybe Herb got them to play with and, and everybody kind of drew themselves to that because they saw Herb doing it? And, and I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. I mean, if you got – if you know, if you guys have been, you know, going through summer workouts, busting your ass, you know, all season that doing – developing that bond, when you see your guy – take a charge, your brother, your teammate, the guy you're battling with on the floor, when you see him take a charge, when you see him die for a ball, when you see them make the extra effort pay, extra extra effort play, the extra pass, that's contagious. And I don't necessarily how, how much we've seen of that this year. You know what I mean? When it happens once, like Hurt, like think about when Hurt takes a charge in Coleman. The place used to get loud when, when that happened. You know what I mean? And we've seen that a little bit this year, but it's for some reason it's just not as infectious. It just hasn't happened as much. There's not that guy that you can count on to do that, to provide that defensive spark. So yeah, I certainly, I certainly believe that that's 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 a problem going forward. But I also think that they're figuring out. You know, each team is different, and they're going to figure out their their own way. What game was it the other day when like when Keon got benched like three minutes into the damn game? Uh, I think it was Britton Johnson. Was it Georgia? Was it Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, it was Georgia. They pulled him off right off the bat. And and so that's the thing. That's supposed to be your senior guy because Gurley hasn't been in the program, so he kind of gets the benefit of the doubt. He was just brought over from a talent standpoint to try to help us because we had limited bigs, plus Rojas was hurt. But Keon's been in the program, you know, for for a year, and and it was – the year, you know what I'm saying? He played valuable minutes for us, and just being around those guys and, and for him to not be the guy setting the tone, he's got to be it. He's got to carry more weight on his shoulders uh, than anybody else. So there's no reason for him to be getting benched four or five minutes into a game for a walk-on. But um, 
I guys, my, yeah, my biggest issue, and you know, I'm going with this and, you know, if you're out there and, and you can truly believe that Alabama doesn't live and die by the three again, uh, I'm just going to try to throw some numbers at you. To help. And, and thing is, guys, I think you can do this with everything. I mean, I think there is more than one issue with this team. I think rebounding is a big problem. Like Lester said, the toughness is very bad. Bediaco is one of the softest players in the SEC. Um, I think we were joking the other day. Well, I wasn't, John, I was being damn serious, but y'all might have thought I was joking. We were like, no more, no more transfers from Furman as, as a big guy and no more Canadian guys. When you go to the freaking inner city, go to Atlanta and get some freaking big men, you know, somebody that grew up having to fight, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, not these guys that are, well, I mean, I don't, you don't want to say soft, but I mean, that's just the way he's playing incredibly soft. And, uh, but you know, these dudes, it's a, it's another year of living and dying by the three. And I think that under NATO's offense, that's what you're going to have. And the reason I say that is because you can't really dispute it. Whenever you look up the stats and Alabama is top 10. Let me repeat that. Alabama is top 10 in the country, not the SEC, in the country. 300 and something teams. Top 10 in the country for three-pointers attempted, meaning they shoot more threes per game than like 340 other college basketball teams. Now, when you shoot that many threes, you've got to make them. Alabama's sitting at like 290th in the country and three-point make percentage, meaning they're throwing up a lot of threes and they're not making shit. So how in the hell can you sit here and argue with me that this team doesn't live and die by the three when you're shooting more threes than 95% of college basketball and 90% of college basketball is making more than you. And my magic number, J-Law, we, we came up with this last year, and it still holds true, 35%. Now, a lot of – some people out there that don't really know, you know, the percentages about basketball, that's pretty average. It, it really is. It's slightly above average. If Alabama was shooting 35% as a team on the button, I'm not asking for 359 you know, 35%, you rank 118th in the country. That's all, that's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking you to make 42% of your three-point shots. That's ridiculous. But if you shoot 35%, you rank 118th in the country. And, guys, we did the math. I did the math. You're 18 and 3. Right now, if you shoot 35, I I think we even narrowed it down to like 37% at home, 33% on the road, because I get the the depth perception and all that stuff being in a different arena, crowd noise, the fans are back. I get all that. I even there, if you shot just a little bit better at home and a little bit worse on the road, 37% is your, is your max 33% is your men. Then you're 18 and three. You beat Auburn. I think you. I think we lose to like Iona, Missouri on the road, and Memphis. I think those are the three losses. 
everybody else we beat. And so I think that as bad as our rebounding has been, um, I think we're shooting free throws better as a team this year. We're 71% uh, as a team. I'll take that all day long. We've been, you know, yelling about that for years. I think that's they've done very well in that regard. Um, but as bad as the defense has been, uh, as bad as the turnovers have been, I think it still all can be narrowed into this one category of the three-point shot. And that's because you're shooting over 30 a game. If you're shooting 24 a game, 25 a game, I wouldn't be harping on this as much. But Nados is here to tell you, hey, our offense is running guns, shoot the three ball. Well, if you're going to shoot the three ball, man, you've got to make them. You've got to be more consistent than what you're showing right now. And, uh, and so I think that is my biggest issue with this team. That is the one category that has got to turn around down the stretch if they want even a chance at, at playing with Auburn on the road. If they want a chance of beating Kentucky next Saturday at home and making a big push – you know, at the end of this run and getting back into the top 25, I think you've got to shoot the ball better from outside because, you know, like J-Law was talking about Q earlier, what is Q, like 23%? The guy's been ass. I mean, he was over 40% last year, which is, you know, better than we expected and better than we want. But you can't be shooting 23% from deep when you're shooting the second most threes on the team. Does that make sense? And so I think – J-Law and Lester, y'all both had very good points. Um, and mine just, you know, it, it, it kind of reflects on that is, you know, you got to have all that thing, but I think it just really comes down. You got to put the ball in the bucket, you know, whenever you're shooting this many three-point shots. But, you know, J-Law, this Baylor game, you know, defending that or reigning national, defending national champs comes into Coleman Coliseum. It got to, I think, 75 to 71 towards the end there and Alabama did what they haven't been doing very well as of late. You know, you did it against Gonzaga. You did it against Houston. They closed out a game that, you know, the game got close on them and they didn't panic. They, they hit big shots late, made free throws. J-Law, does this Baylor game, is it a flash in the pan to you or is it something that you think, do you think this team can build off of heading into the jungle um, Tuesday night and then, you know, playing Kentucky back home. Because I think you've got a – I think it was three top five teams in a week or eight days or whatever it was. Um, so, definitely not an easy stretch. But watching this team against Baylor, did they did they give you any signs that, that this team is ready to, to take the next step? Or you think it's just kind of a, a one-hitter quitter? No, listen, I think they can. Now, do I have any faith that it's going to happen? Probably not. So I uh, just even the, even when Auburn came to Coleman, I mean, you had chances and you just could not find you couldn't find it, man. You couldn't find a bucket when you needed to. But I just thought in the Baylor game, it looked like with JQ playing at a higher level, it took so much pressure off of JD when he got on the floor. Just it just made me feel like JD got some confidence seeing an older guy play better. And then down the stretch, man, J.D., when he had to do it, man, he got the ball in his hand. He stopped turning it over. And when he's not turning it over, he can be a playmaker. So rolling into this game tomorrow night, or if you're listening and it's Tuesday tonight, man, listen, Auburn's got a good team. 
they have the best team in the country from what I've seen. I know that it, you could pick them apart. There's five teams right now that probably win a national championship or you could pick to win a national championship and nobody would tell you you're crazy. And Auburn's one of them. So I, I just think Alabama's got to come in with a chip on their shoulder. They have to know that you, we can't play soft in this game. You, you, If you get out-rebounded drastically, you're going to get your eyes beat in. And if you don't come dialed in from three, you're not going to win this game. So, I mean, yeah, there's pressure there. There's pressure on Shaq. There's pressure on Q. And there's probably a lot of pressure on Keon, who also hasn't been shooting the three ball very well as of late. So, hey, guys, we have to shoot the three well. Because if we're going to come into this game and fire up 25 to 33s, man, we, we need to make 35% of them. We can't shoot 22% in, in, in Auburn Arena and stay in this game because those guys will go on a 15 nothing run, a 10 nothing run, a 12 nothing run, in four possessions, five possessions, the next thing you know, you're out of it. So they have to play better. They have to stay more consistent, and they got to be able to go up and down with the ebbs and flows, which they weren't, which they did not do on the road at Georgia, which they did not do on the road at Missouri, and uh, that's been a real problem for them. Buster, adding to that, what do you think the keys are for Alabama uh, in, in this Iron Bowl of basketball in tomorrow, the second meeting? Uh, Auburn got Bama at home. Uh, 81 to 77 in the first round in Coleman Coliseum is probably the best chance you had uh, of beating them. But um, what, what are your what are your keys? I mean, we know you got to shoot well. You know what what other things you have to do outside of shooting and rebounding? What does Alabama have to do to to be able to to play with Auburn and make it a game of late? You got to make them work for everything. Work for everything. You cannot let Kessler. And Jabari, what, Smith, you cannot let those guys dominate you inside. No free gimmies, dunks, layups. You got to contest everything and make them work. And that's going to be predicated on the referee. Are they, are they going to let them play tomorrow? Is it going to be very, very tic-tac? Um, you can already expect a free throw, free throw discrepancy already. But, you know, made them work for it. And when you get a chance to shoot a free throw, you've got to make them because I don't think Bama's going to have a lot of chances tomorrow night. I think the big key in this game, uh, talking about the Auburn game, is uh, is is the three-point shooting of not just the guards, um, but because, you know, we talked about Quinn earlier, he's got to make them. But I think the big men are very, are very key in this game. If Gurley – can just knock down a couple of threes early in the game, it's going to draw either Kessa or Jabari, whoever's guarding him, probably Jabari. It draws him out of the paint. And if you can just deal with Kessler in there, I think you can maybe get some lobs to Bidiaco or get Kessler in the air and get him in foul trouble. But what you can't do is have Kessler and Jabari both hanging out in the paint because they're too long, they're too good of shot blockers, and so in or, the only way to get them out is to run the pick and pop. And then because, like, you know, if they're no threat to score from outside, I'm talking also not just Gurley, but Rojas and Gary whenever they're in the game, if they can knock down some threes from the outside, then as a defender, you can't afford to leave them. And, and so, you know, because, you know, threes, hey, you make four out of ten. You know, that's that's the equivalent to you know whatever six out of ten from from two-point range you know you can you can make less shots and, and and it counts it counts all the same so if you 
make them respect that part of the game and, and really stretch the floor on them because that's that's something that hasn't been done to Auburn yet. And it's very hard to do in that gym. I understand that. But if nobody's really spread Auburn out and, and you know, it, they've played teams that didn't have a lot of big men that could shoot. And so as a result, Kessler and Jabari are able to hang around the paint and they're able to, you know, block it, block a ton of shots. And so if you're able to, if you're able to stretch them out and Gurley, Rojas, Gary are able to make some three pointers early in the game and be able to spread the floor. Now Q and Shaq and Keon and JD can work off a dribble and, and have an, a, a clear path to the lane instead of having the twin towers and they're ready to swat your shit to the third row. Um, but, you know, Lester mentioned the rest toughest. I think it's the toughest place to play in basketball right now. Auburn fans are hungry. Their football team is a dumpster fire. So they're realizing this is all we have. Our softball team, our, our coach was banging half the team a couple of years ago. So that set them back. Uh, you know, a couple of years. So the softball team still ain't no good. Baseball team went to the World Series, haven't done shit since. Football team, you know, office coordinator doesn't even coach a practice. He bails on them. And, uh, you know, they can't recruit anybody. The, you know, their coaches there throwing out Chick-fil-A biscuits and handing out pizzas, and, you know, while Nick Saban's hosting five stars on junior day uh, in, in Tuscaloosa. So it's just the state of the football program is in shambles. Uh, and so they realize that basketball is all they have. So the atmosphere is just going to be crazy. Plus, you know, anytime they can beat Big Brother in any sport, I mean, you see him doing the crane kick for like swimming and diving and like hockey and everything. I don't know if they understand, J-Law. Do they understand that that was a football thing? I don't, I don't really think they, don't, they understand. They don't care. Listen, we set ourselves up for that shit. Yeah. Oh, sure. We got to live with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it just does goes to show that their program, that's, the, that's all they care about is beating Alabama. Sure, they like to beat Kentucky, but anytime they can beat Alabama in any sport, you know, they're just they're just they're just wanting some little sliver of approval uh, from from anybody. And because uh, they can't get any national recognition in any sport unless it's a cheating scandal or their offense coordinator bells on them. I saw that scrolling on the bottom of uh, ESPN screen all day this afternoon. And so, you know, this, the, the atmosphere is going to be crazy. You go over there and you shoot 25% from deep. Yeah. You're going to get beat by 20. Uh, this game can get ugly quick. Um, I, you know, I don't know if, uh, if I, if I let y'all know this, no, I, I haven't said it on the podcast, but, the uh, the refs the the officiating like Lester talked about a minute ago, it was the discrepancy in free throw shots uh, for home teams in the SEC is just brutal. And this isn't an Alabama thing. This isn't an Auburn thing. This is an entire SEC. I broke down like you know three or four teams, uh, and every single one uh, in games decided by like less than ten points, they're shooting at least five more free throws per game than their opponents. So. Uh, you know, SEC officials are persuaded more by home crowds than any other sport. And so that's just something that you're going to have to deal with. There's no point making an excuse for it. It's just something that you've got to know going into the game. So, J-Law, not only do you have to 
You have to play in front of the most hostile crowd, the most hungry crowd in the country. You got to pretty much convince yourself that you're going to have seven to 10 less free throw attempts than your opponent. And so, I mean, I mean, and, and, and as, as, as a result of that, Auburn plays really aggressive at home because they know Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl's a smart guy. I know J-Law really wishes he was in Crimson, but uh, Bruce Pearl knows that he's going to get more calls at home. And uh, so he's able to hack and, and grab and hand check a little bit more at home. And so, and so that's what they're going to do. And so, Jayla, what is your prediction for this game? How, you know, we'll, we'll go over the rest of the schedule in a minute, but just this Auburn game, do you think there's a chance that, that Alabama can pull the upset? I mean, what, what, give me a score prediction if you want to. Yeah, I think the line just dropped uh, Auburn minus seven, which uh, eh, I would have gone seven and a half. So I, I think Auburn's a little better than the line. Uh, man, I, it's just – I don't know if Alabama could do it in back-to-back games. And if this one was at home and they just played like they did against Baylor, yeah, I'd say they have a, a really good shot to actually win. But, not, man, they're not going to win in Auburn Arena. I've watched this team go on the road to lose to Georgia, Missouri. They haven't played great outside of Coleman Coliseum. I know they went to Gonzaga essentially and won. Um, they got – I mean, they beat Houston. I get it. But, you know – Lately, they haven't played well outside of Coleman. I like the line. I think that's pretty solid. I'll go – I'll say that Auburn wins it by seven. Emotions keep Alabama in it. I, it's probably going to be high scoring, like an 85-78 type of deal, 84-77, something along those lines. But Auburn's definitely going to win this one. Lester, you think there's any hope that, that Bama can hang with Auburn? You think it's going to be about what J-Law saying? I think, I think J-Law's dead on. I see it. Honestly, see it being 10 plus. Uh, I, Bama hasn't proven to me that they can go on the road and beat anybody since Gonzaga. I mean, gosh, you've lost to Missouri, you lost to Georgia. Those two teams are ass. And, uh, and Alabama is just, just shit the bed uh, on the road. So I have no, I, the Baylor game did nothing for me as far as convincing me that Alabama, I, you know, everybody's like, Bama plays good against good teams. Yeah, at home. And Auburn still beat you at home. Uh, and you had seven more free throw attempts, by the way. But uh, and Alabama just hasn't proven to me. This team hasn't proven to me that they can go on the road and and play with a bad team, much less the number one team in the country. Lester, what's your prediction for this game? Uh, I want to save it for the upset. But Go ahead. I mean, somebody's uh, got to be right. So either me yeah. and J-Law can be right or you can be right. It don't matter. Go ahead. I, I think tomorrow – I think I think tomorrow is a it's a supercharged atmosphere, and I think Alabama feeds into it. Nate Oates, he's, he's, he's kind of an asshole. He, he, he's just he, – I think this is a situation where this, – this is a situation where he thrives in. You know, his energy, the team's energy, they've got to feed off of Auburn Arena – and you know, enjoy the opportunity to play spoiler. You have a chance to beat the number one team in the country who happens to be your rival. I don't know how much motivation you need to come out with your hair on fire and ball out. So I think it's a supercharged arena, I, supercharged game. I, I'm thinking like a wow, like a like an 89 90. I think it's going to be close, but a high scoring. Um, 
high paced back and forth game. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll definitely see. I, I just yeah, be be really surprising. And uh, for you betting betting people out there, um, I think Auburn's covered eight out of the last nine games or nine out of the last ten. The Missouri game on the road was the only one they didn't cover. They they won by one point. But uh, J Law, you know, the calendar turns to February tomorrow. Um, by the time this podcast drops, of course, it will be February first. So you know, Auburn, you know, on the road, Kentucky at home, Ole Miss, Arkansas. How many teams, Jayla? Let me just—I'm going to go down real quick. I'm going to name you the road games that Alabama has left. You tell me whether you think, as of now, whether you think this team can beat these guys on the road or not. We've already discussed the Auburn game. We'll skip that one. What about Ole Miss on the road? Is that somebody Alabama can play with? They can. Will they? Not sure, but yeah, they can. Kentucky on the road, definite loss. Uh, what about Vandy? Vandy started hot, kind of been cold. You know, they got beat by Tennessee and Florida. Uh, I think both of those games are on the road. I, can, I think. I'm sorry, I can't be sure. But is is Vandy somebody that Alabama can go on the road and beat? Basically, Scotty Pippen Jr. because that's all they have. Do you think Alabama can slow down that guy? Yeah, they can win that game. I think that there's there's a lot of winnable games left. Well, the only other one's LSU. I mean, they, they don't have a ton of road games left. You know, Auburn, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Vandy, LSU. So those five, you think three of them are winnable for Alabama? Yeah, I, I now that might be a little favorable. You could flip the coin two and three, three and two. I like three. I like three and two over that. Yeah, five. I, I like I like two and three. So, um, Lester, Alabama sitting here fourteen and seven. You're looking at maybe, I'd say at least five more losses, you know, based on the the trend. Of course, you know they can flip a switch, and this team can get hot. Uh, because you know, me and my dad were talking today, and he said that he said this is a team that they can get put out in the first round of a NCAA tournament, or uh, or they can make it to the Final Four. It's just that they're just so streaky and so inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get, and if you got a tournament to where you got to play to your competition. You know, I mean, you just you just never know. But, uh, you know, Lester, sitting here at 14 and seven, if this team finishes up with, you know, 12 losses or whatever, what seating do you think they get? Do you, do you think that, um, you know, say they beat somebody like Kentucky, whether they split with Kentucky, then you got another top five win on your program or on your resume. Uh, you've already beat Gonzaga, Houston, Baylor. That's three top five teams right there. Um, what do you do with this Alabama team? Because you, you've got to credit the wins, right? But also, you got to look at the losses. Man, they're pathetic because, you know, they're still not ranked. They've got three top five wins or top ten wins, and they're still not ranked in the top 25. So what do you do with this team come Selection Sunday if this trend keeps up? I, I think they'll be somewhere in between a four and a six seed. That's where I, that's where I think their home will be come Selection Sunday. Um, hopefully, this team, you know, they start and set light a little bit. They realize what they have to do to win, and they, you know, turn it on because their resume is impressive. I think I think a big win is so much more impactful than a bad loss. That that's just how I view it. So I think somewhere between a four and a six seed, 
And I think that puts Alabama's spot to be very dangerous, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm kind of the same way. I mean, you just – you don't know. I mean, you still want to have confidence that they can – because I think it's more frustrating than anything, this win on Saturday. It makes me more frustrated in this team because we see it right there. And honestly, they shot 33% from deep on Saturday. Baylor shot like 47. Just Alabama just happened not to miss from two-point range. I think they shot like 60% from the floor. And so that really helped them out. They're like 68, 69% from two. Uh, so, um, you're, you're, you know, all things being equal, I think that 35% uh, is, is really what Alabama needs to be searching for every single game. But, um, guys, we're going to keep this one short and sweet. I know J-Law's got to get some rest. Uh, Silicog is, you know, trying to finish up the basketball season. He's got baseball season coming up. Uh, I know the baby's not doing him any favors as far as the sleep schedule goes. We're going to get him out of here. Uh, signing day on Wednesday. I don't think there's going to be any surprises for Alabama. Maybe a guy like Danny Lewis, a tight end out of Louisiana. Um, Westgate, I believe, which might have been where Michael Michael Orr played. No, I can't remember. Don't. No, no, that, that's wrong. That's wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, may, maybe he, he's, he comes to Alabama. I think he's narrowed it down to, like, two schools. But uh, no, shouldn't be any surprises on signing day. Next week we'll talk, you know, some more basketball. Uh, Alabama will have two or three more games played by the time we record again. We'll talk some more recruiting, maybe a signing day recap, and, uh, and, and just continue rolling through basketball season. Guys, you, you have anything else before we, uh, before we hop off here? I'm good. I'm good to go. All right, guys, roll tide. We appreciate y'all stopping, joining in, or listening in. Episode 59, Gumpurners Podcast, Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell, Jeremy Law. We're out of here.